the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The John Steigerwald Show, sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Portions of today's program may be pre recorded. Here we go again. When will female athletes wake up? A man, a man named Austin Killips won a women's bicycle race in North Carolina over the weekend. He was pretending to be a woman, and everybody knew it, and they let him race. He won by five minutes. Five minutes he won by. He won $5,000, which, of course, is $5,000 that the woman who actually won the race didn't get. Now, nobody really cares about women's bicycle races all that much. Maybe the women racing in them do. Obviously, they do. But how could anybody who knows anything about sports not see how ridiculous this is? Now, here's the way it was written in the New York Post. Quote, I am just really proud to lay it out there <clears throat> Excuse me, and get the result. I asserted myself and was able to get a gap early, unquote. She said, she said, this guy wins a race against women by five minutes and steals $5,000 from a woman and still gets to be referred to as she, which is part of why the stupidity continues. And he said that he was, quote, really proud to lay it out there and get the result. I asserted myself and was able to get a gap early. I wonder if he said that with a straight face. He asserted himself by showing up the race against women. And the women still just don't get it. When Austin showed up on the starting line and they started the race, he should have been the only person racing. I've been saying this now for four or five years. Every woman there should have refused to compete, let him race by himself, and it's over. The problem ends. If they're not willing to do that and they are willing to put up with this absolute total stupidity, then they deserve no sympathy when they allow men to ruin their sports. This guy is going to race again against women. Why wouldn't he? He just won $5,000 by five minutes. What better example is there of coasting to a win? Five minutes in a bicycle race. The women who put up with this deserve whatever they get, or in this case, whatever they don't get. When we come back, the indictment of Donald Trump knocked Joe Biden taking bribes off the front page pretty quickly last week. We'll give the story the attention it deserves with a reporter from Real Clear Investigations. And in our second half hour, remember the guy on the New York subway who's been charged with manslaughter for choking a lunatic who was threatening people? He's given his side of the story. We'll let you hear that. Stick around. Are you considering a unique way to enhance your investment knowledge this year? Then sign up today for the all-inclusive Eagle Financial Publications Cruise. Along with our trusted partner, The Money Show, we're setting sail this December to explore some of the most beautiful and unspoiled destinations in the Caribbean. But this is no ordinary vacation. It's a chance to learn from top Eagle financial experts like best-selling authors George Gilder, Mark Skousen, and others who will be hosting a series of workshops and seminars throughout the trip. Imagine lounging on the sun deck while discussing investment strategies with like-minded individuals or enjoying a gourmet dinner at the same table with one of our leading financial authorities. This once-in-a-lifetime cruise is a perfect way to combine education and relaxation to achieve your investment goals. This cruise will sell out quickly, so visit EagleFinancialCruise.com today to learn more and to secure your cabin. That's EagleFinancialCruise.com. Eagle Financial is a division of Salem Media Group. Attention Medicaid patients. 
If you're on Medicaid, how would you like if your caretaker was your daughter, your son, your grandchild, or your close friend? If you're on Medicaid, Freedom Care allows you to choose who provides your care, and that caregiver will get paid instantly after their shift. Yes, your caregiver will get paid instantly, and it's 100% free to you if you are on Medicaid. Call 412-455-8465 and ask Freedom Care how to get started with care today. No more worrying about getting care from an aide at an agency. Freedom Care helps you choose who you want to take care of you, and that person gets paid. Call Freedom Care at 412-455-8465. That's 412-455-8465 to get started today. You get a caregiver you know and trust, and they get paid instantly after their shift, and it's free to you. Start now by calling 412-455-8465. That's 412-455-8465. Or go to FreedomCare.com. Just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell with My Pillow is launching My Pillow 2.0. When Mike invented My Pillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The My Pillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original My Pillow, and now with a brand new fabric that is made with a temperature regulating thread. The My Pillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, and coolest pillow you'll ever own. For my exclusive listeners, the My Pillow 2.0 is buy one get one free with promo code STAG. MyPillow 2.0 temperature regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square to get the buy one, get one free offer. Just when you thought MyPillow couldn't get any better, MyPillow 2.0 gives you the best pillow ever. Enter promo code STAG or call 800-716-8087 to get your MyPillow 2.0s now. Oil investments involve a high degree of risk, and actual results may vary. Oil and natural gas keep going up as the Russia conflict escalates. Get in on the next major oil boom now and help the U.S. with your patriotic investment that can potentially pay you monthly income for up to 20 or more years. That's the sound of a producing oil well and the sound of a smart investment. If you're an SEC-accredited investor and have at least 25000 liquid now, you can take advantage of Encore Energy's projects and a huge tax savings for this year. If you invest in oil and natural gas, you're allowed to write off nearly 100% of your investment in the first year. Goldman Sachs is projecting oil to go up to $100 a barrel, and natural gas is the fuel of the future and trading at record prices. Call 800-287-6691. Encore Energy is a major your investor and experienced operator in its core area of operations. Call now and learn how to deduct 100% of your investment and create 20 or more years of potential monthly income. Call 800-287-6691. That's 800-287-6691. I'm Scott from the History Unplugged podcast. History can be a bit of a tongue twister with its weird sounding names of people, places, and things, but it really isn't that confusing. History is the story of who we are and how we comport ourselves while soaring to victory in battles over forts, seaports, and cities that fortunately thwarted the schemes of villains and their blood sports, like the 1415 Battle of Agincourt. It's about legal battles in courts, about the contortion of torts over the retorts of consorts that turned into kangaroo courts. I exhort you to listen to History Unplugged on the podcast player of your choice, and you can listen to it while wearing shirts, shorts, skirts, skorts, or jean jorts. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, the uh, the big guy and the Democrats did a nice job of uh, letting the news out about uh, Donald Trump, about the, indicting Donald Trump on the same day as the Republicans in the House got to see the document that shows that the big guy probably was the beneficiary of a $5 million bribe. So that scandal has been kind of pushed into the background. Ben Weingarten is an editor-at-large for Real Clear Investigations and a senior contributor at the federalist he says this is a much bigger deal than most people seem to realize he joins us now ben thanks for being here thanks so much for having me really appreciate it so uh you've broken down this this thing down to three scandals in your piece at the federalist um let's start with the biden's uh, biden family's history of influence peddling yeah it's it's one of the reasons that i wrote this piece is that the alleged Biden bribe, whether or not it transpired, and there does seem to be a lot of evidence to suggest that this was a credible and real allegation. And we wonder what the FBI and DOJ have done with that allegation, as we'll get to in a sec. But is it is documented, it is proven fact that the Biden family has taken in over $10 million, largely from entities based in corrupt and or adversarial 
countries, including among them China and Romania, but also based upon past probes done by the likes of Chuck Grassley and Ron Johnson, the Senate colleagues, as well in Russia and beyond. So when we look at this, what we also see is that Republicans on the House Oversight Committee have shown that the alleged Biden bribe follows a pattern that we see in these documented transactions where essentially Biden family friends and Biden family members themselves created and layered these LLCs to disguise essentially what has to be foreign influence peddling because we know that in many instances the Biden family members did almost nothing to merit the millions of dollars they were taking in. And then the money was funneled through some LLCs down to Biden family members, oftentimes in smaller increments, so as to not trigger the suspicions of authorities. And this has been documented, and we know that the House Oversight Committee has exposed some 20 of these LLCs or 20-plus LLCs, but they continue their work. And so my point is, that influence peddling alone is a massive scandal. And whether or not there was any bribe directly paid to Joe Biden or hidden across 100 LLCs around the world, that is massive because what it says is that our president, our commander in chief, is compromised or at very, very minimum, there is the appearance of compromise that undermines our national security. It erodes the public trust. There's arguably criminal liability here. And that scandal is a massive one that exists, irrespective of this bribe. But the bribe would be the cherry on top there. Yeah. So uh, there is no dispute, uh, in other words, that money, uh, $10 million worth of money, went to various members of the Biden family. There's, uh, is there no dispute on that? I mean, that's, is that a black and white, on paper, slam dunk issue? That is reported fact by the House Oversight Committee, at least $10 million and, and perhaps more, and definitively stemming from Chinese entities and Romanian entities as well. But I mean, is there, is there a way that someone could dispute that? Is it, is it just, is it, is it black and white on paper and indisputable? This is what the transactions and the subpoena documents from that committee show. I know that literal receipts have been produced in prior reports again, put out by Senators Grassley and Johnson. And I think the absolute best thing that the Biden family could argue is, well, look, I guess Hunter and Jim Biden uh, were doing God's work on behalf of these entities. Uh, it strains credulity. Our understanding is that there are no records necessarily of services provided in certain instances of the work that was paid for. And by the way, clearly there are certain family members who have been paid who would have no experience or expertise in the areas of international business that this work supposedly reflected when you talk about the spouses of our girlfriends of Hunter and yeah. James Biden, and then even at least one grandchild. It just totally strains credulity. Yeah, but how, does the, how do the media um, ignore this, which they're basically doing, the non-Fox, non-Newsmac TV media at least? Yeah, it isn't a damning indictment of them, but then there's been one scandal after another that the media has covered for when it comes to influence peddling among prominent Democrats, when it comes to corruption, when it comes to national security and paralleling policies that they pursue. So I think this is part and parcel of a regime media that views its job as running interference for those in power to the extent those in power carry their water for their favorite agenda. Yeah, I, and I guess my the, the, what you're saying is that they they know exactly what they're not reporting, and if you're if you understand anything about what's how journalism is supposed to work, the only explanation for them not being interested in that story is that they don't want to be interested in it because it's that's a story that I don't know how many years ago I could put on it, but you know, twenty years ago, twenty five years ago, put a number on it. A story like that pops up, and people are tripping over each other trying to get to the the boss in the newsroom to tell them they want to be on that story, and they want to make sure they they want to beat everybody else on this story. This is a juicy, low hanging fruit story that any journalist would want to cover. And if even one small scintilla of this story, of course, were applied to oh, a Trump family member or any yeah. other prominent Republican, you know that it would be the story front page 
for weeks and weeks, and he would be impeached probably within hours of that kind of story coming forth. And look, let's note, Russiagate really set the precedent for this. You had a president being framed as a Russian traitor. When many in the media knew that, for example, the Steele dossier, it, its most outrageous uh, claims, strange credulity, they knew it all along. They went along with it. They ran, they carried the water for the security state and created this perception that Trump was a Russian agent and a traitor. And even when all elements of the story collapsed, they never gave back their Pulitzers. The Washington Post Pulitzer winners and New York Times Pulitzer winners never gave it back when they reported false information again and again and again. So the media, the corporate media, it no longer holds the powerful to account. It's stenographers for the powerful. It's protectors, mouthpieces for the powerful. And this is another example of it. Uh, and how credible is the source? Um, and what about his allegations make it so believable? Yeah, so I think there are a few things beyond the fact that we know, obviously, that Joe Biden was in charge of Ukraine policy under the Obama-Biden administration policy. We know that Hunter Biden was on the board of Burisma and getting paid tens of thousands of dollars. Joe Biden's on tape talking about the, the forcing, the firing of the prosecutor in question relating to Burisma, which purportedly this bribe concerns Burisma. And then beyond that, we have also purportedly, according to the source, and the source who spoke with the person at Burisma who is allegedly the source of the bribe, uh, saying that this was essentially layered across a number of accounts. So there's a consistent pattern with how the Biden family has accumulated money over the years in the way they've tried to disguise it. Now, beyond that, the last point that's critical to make in this is beyond the logic of the allegations here and the cover up of the allegations by the FBI, which did not want Republican investigators to see this document. And it almost ended in contempt proceedings for the FBI director because of it is that the confidential human source, the informant who came to the FBI with this information, has apparently been serving the FBI for 10 plus years in investigations totally unrelated to this, has been paid over $200,000 by the FBI for the information provided. So clearly this is someone who authorities in other instances have deemed to be credible. And what he lays out dovetails well with what we've seen about how the Biden family operates and where they operate. And then when you add on top of that, the FBI seemingly withholding this information and then apparently perhaps sitting on this and trying to bury it in the run up to the 2020 election, it's very consistent with what we've seen in the way authorities have operated in protecting the Biden family. And I guess if, if you've been an FBI source for X number of years, and that $200,000 was paid over a course of, of years, that means that uh, you have, they've asked you to produce facts, and you've done it, and they continue to pay you. If it was one payment that they made, and, and, and they got what they wanted, and the guy was one for 10, that'd be different. But I guess that it proves that this guy is credible because they continue to pay him because what they what he told them was turning out to be true often every time or they wouldn't be paying him. That, that that's right you know and the ironic thing here is that i've seen some people on the left talk about well you guys on the right you say that igor denchenko was incredible and the and he was being paid as a confidential human source but but there is a significant difference here beyond obviously the motive for the fbi to to keep igor denchenko out of the scrutiny, away from scrutiny from investigators as Russiagate was crumbling around Denchenko and his ilk, is that the FBI has claimed that this source is so important, they fear for his life based upon the information he put forth. Would they fear for the life of someone who was totally lacking in credibility uh, and who they'd, who they'd, would they have paid someone $200,000 plus who they thought was totally lacking in credibility? So I think it's very clear here that they consider this person to be legitimate, to be credible, and that lends credence to the allegations that are brought forth. And we'll see how hard it is for Republican investigators to follow the money. And we'll see at the end of the day what the FBI did when they received this information. And that is kind of the second and third order levels of the scandals is did the FBI bury this information in the run-up to the 2020 election? Did they ignore it prior to 2020? Because this informant apparently came to the FBI well in advance of that election with this information and then re-raised it. 
And then what about this cover-up of the cover-up in the way of the FBI fighting tooth and nail to prevent Republican congressional investigators from probing this document? Uh, that document belongs at the end of the day to the American people. These agencies are a creation of us by way of Congress. And so why were they so not forthcoming with this document if it was so illegitimate and lacking in credibility? All really important questions, all potentially massive scandals that point to the broader one of the national security and law enforcement apparatus covering for the Bidens, while, of course, pursuing their foes to the ends of the earth. We're talking to Ben Weingarten. He's editor-at-large for Real Clear Investigations. You can see his piece at thefederalist.com, and you can see it in much more detail than we're able to cover here. Uh, it's a really long story, and it's uh, very detailed. Um, so, so uh, Ben, how long have Republicans actually suspected the FBI um, has not only not been investigating the Biden family enough, but actually helping them do their business? If this goes back at least probably a couple years, um, you can see, though, and, and I think Senators Grassley and Johnson have really been on this since at least 2019, they themselves were investigating Biden family influence peddling. And many of these stories had been out there for some time about, you know, what kind of business did Hunter Biden have dealing with Chinese Communist Party linked entities or being on Burisma's board and such. But beyond that, what Grassley and Johnson found was that in doing their investigations, it appeared that authorities tried to discredit those investigations by after Democrats went to the FBI saying Grassley and Johnson's investigation uh, is threatened by foreign interference, or, or sorry, foreign influence, foreign information operations were tarnishing and discrediting that investigation. So FBI, you better go give a briefing to Grassley and Johnson about this claiming that they might be victims of a foreign interference campaign that leaked out to the press. And so that had the direct effect of discrediting their efforts. And I think from that point on, they were keenly attuned to the fact that it appeared that the FBI was being used to discredit their efforts. And this goes back a lot further with Senator Grassley, because Grassley has been a protector of whistleblowers for some time. And so there's been, as whistleblowers have come to him over the years, there's been a clear record of evidence building now layer on top of it, the Durham report and everything that we know about Russiagate and then how these authorities have been weaponized under the Biden administration, targeting pa concerned parents like domestic terrorists or treating January Sixers, like, including nonviolent ones like domestic terrorists and such, that clearly these authorities have been weaponized to the point now where you have the likes of a Chuck Grassley or a Jim Jordan saying that the rot and corruption within these agencies is pervasive and calling for legislative remedies. That marks a significant change from where we've been historically, and it's precisely because this is what the evidence points to as a needed remedy for the malfeasance that's been festering within these agencies. We've got about a minute left. I'm just wondering, I know there's no clear answer to this, but what do you think would be the difference if we just had a, you know, Mitt Romney had been president, there had been no scandal, and he didn't have the personality that Donald Trump has, and he was off living, uh, you know, his re living out his retirement and not bothering anybody. How much different would this story be being played in the media if not for the distraction of Donald Trump? Well, I think one thing that you have to ask is, would all of this rot and corruption have been exposed were it not for the fact that Trump presented to the to these authorities the appearance of such a threat to their power and privilege that it required these sorts of acts. Yep. So I think under the likes of a Mitt Romney, for example, it would have been same old. It would have been almost materially indistinguishable from what you have under Joe Biden. You know, essentially more moderate, quote unquote, policies uh, directionally, maybe slightly different. But you would never have him drawing the hackles of these agencies themselves, the entirety of the administrative state, essentially. So when people say they're, you know, frustrated with Trump or annoyed about Trump and they have Trump fatigue and such, it's important to remember that the only reason we know the extent of this rotten corruption is because he drew it out of these agencies. And there's a value to that uh, for all the pain that the country has gone through, that we see these agencies for what they are. Absolutely. Uh, great point. Um, ben Weingarten, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Everybody should check out your piece at thefederalist.com. Thank you. Thanks so much, John. Appreciate it. Okay, we'll be back.
With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Donald Trump traveling to Florida ahead of a history-making federal court appearance on Tuesday. Dozens of felony charges accusing him of illegally hoarding classified documents. Meanwhile, President Biden plans to keep quiet on the indictment of Donald Trump. When the president was asked about the Trump criminal charges last week, he said, I have no comment. And that's likely going to be his answer and the answer from his press office going forward. Mr. Biden has emphasized the independence of the Justice Department, even as critics accuse him of weaponizing the agency. The president also plans to tread carefully, given that Trump is his chief rival in the 2024 White House race. Greg Clugston. Washington. Washington Post publisher and chief executive Fred Ryan leaving the newspaper after nine years. He'll be replaced on an interim basis by Patty Stonecipher. This is SRN News. If you have an IRA or 401k, please listen closely. My name is Jason Hansen. I'm a former CIA officer and New York Times bestselling author. Throughout my career, let's just say I've been in some hairy situations. And I believe right now the biggest threat facing Americans is they need to protect their wealth, which is exactly what I'm doing for my wife and six kids. And I believe the ultimate safe haven is physical gold and silver. You can protect your hard-earned retirement assets with a tax-free loophole that allows you to convert your retirement into physical gold and silver. The folks I use are Advantage Gold, and believe me, I've investigated the heck out of all types of people. Advantage Gold is the nation's highest-rated gold company. They have the best process, pricing, and service. If you want to get your free gold and silver investment kit, please contact Advantage Gold right now, and you'll see how easy it is to protect yourself with precious metals. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. The Sekino crew keeps digging. FBI Director Christopher Wray has confirmed the existence of the FD-1023 form. That's the confidential informant form the FBI uses that did uh, Vice President Biden engage in a criminal bribery scheme with a foreign national. He had never before admitted that that document actually existed. Secular, weeknights at 6, right before Brandon Tatum at 7 on AM 1250. The answer... Hey, John Steigerwald here for Johnny and Jesse Samick, my friends over at Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. When disaster strikes your home or business, demand the yellow van. Fire, water, or mold, Service Master's technicians are trained and equipped to get you back to normal fast. Even when dealing with insurance, you have a choice who repairs and cleans up the mess. Make sure you demand the yellow van. Call Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Service Master. Hi, I'm Olivia and I'm 11. Some people my age might think water in a basement's pretty cool. Who wouldn't want an indoor swimming pool? But my dad taught me a thing or two about homes. You mean all those times I talked about waterproofing? You were actually listening? Absolutely. I'm like Alexa. Okay, so how does JD Waterproofing protect your home? By keeping water out of the basement so it doesn't compromise the structure of your home. And? By not giving yucky mold and mildew a place to grow. Pretty good. Dad, I wasn't finished. Oh, sorry. And JD Waterproofing can save you money. Do tell. By saving you from having to replace your basement appliances from water damage. I couldn't have said it better myself. Got water problems? Don't cry. Call 1-800-VERY-DRY. J&D Waterproofing. 1-800-VERY-DRY. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on The Answer mobile app. Smart speakers. Tune in iHeart or Odyssey. AM 1250. The Answer. Weather. Clear skies tonight, slow 50. Sunshine to start, then turning cloudy Tuesday with a few afternoon showers, a high 70. Tomorrow night, periods of rain, low 53. Wednesday, cloudy, periods of rain and a thunderstorm to start, and you'll see a thunder shower in the afternoon hours with a high 69. And on Thursday, high 73. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Andy Robb. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. So tomorrow, uh, Donald Trump gets officially indicted. I guess, uh, I don't know, is he already indicted? And tomorrow, is he's just told that he has been? I don't know, whatever. He shows up tomorrow and faces a judge in uh, Florida. Um, so today, uh, I don't have a guest here in the second half hour. One of the reasons I don't is I found a couple of things I wanted to uh, just let them hang out there by themselves without me having to talk to somebody about it. 
uh, because uh, I thought this was really good. This guy is known as uh, Robert Barnes, and it's uh, Barnes Law. You can find him on Twitter. He's got 282,000 followers on Twitter, and he's, he's a blogger and a, and a uh, constitutional attorney, criminal and defense attorney. Um, he's been around a while, and he's got a pretty good following. And so I've heard lots of analysis about whether or not Trump is in trouble, and some people, uh, including Jonathan Turley on Fox, uh, they think that he's in pretty uh, good amount of trouble. Uh, Andy McCarthy, who's been a guest on this show, said if half of the stuff they have on him becomes true, he's in really big trouble. Uh, but so, so this is interesting to me. This is Robert Barnes, the attorney uh, for um, Barnes Law. And I want you to listen to him. You take it for what it's worth, but you know I don't know how credible this guy is, but I just think this is a, a kind of a long description of uh, what he believes is the situation for Donald Trump. And if you're Donald Trump and you listen to this guy, you're feeling pretty good. And it, what what struck me is that this seems pretty simple. And if it is this simple, this case disappears very fast. But I guess that's a big if. Take a listen. There's one core problem with all of these claims. Uh, this is the elected president of the United States. He determines if a document's classified or not. He determines a document is secret or not. He determines whether it's a government document or not. Congress can't do that. Justice Department can't do that. The intelligence community can't do that. This is an indictment saying Donald Trump used his own documents, kept his own documents, liked his own documents, and didn't want to give his own documents back. That's his constitutional right. So the problem with this case is the entire case is bogus. Instead, this is an attempt of the deep state to overturn our constitutional democracy, to say that they can tell the world when they seek their secrets get to be disclosed. That's what this case is premised on. Donald Trump rebutting the lies of General Milley who lied to Bob Woodward, who claimed that he had stopped Trump from waging war in Iran when it was actually Trump that stopped Milley from waging war in Iran. Now, here Milley is, by the admission of the indictment, leaking actual information that he was not entitled to disclose, that he was not entitled to declassify, that he was not entitled to declare a personal record that is subject to national security information laws because he is a lesser official subject to those laws. And yet there has been no indictment, not even investigation of Milley, and he's still in legal office today with Republicans in Congress doing jack about it. By contrast, the president, who is vested by the second article of the United States Constitution with all executive power, that means the president decides any information that comes in is classified for his benefit and his alone it is only secret for his benefit and his alone. It is only national security information for his benefit and his alone. He can unilaterally declare anything declassified, not national security, a personal record, anytime he wants. The mere act of taking the documents with him, and let's remember, he's not taking original source documents. All of those exist because, as has been pointed out, by members of Congress on a range of places. These are all digital documents, so they're digitally stored. So this is only about the president having rights to his documents as a matter of constitutional law. These are all his documents. The Presidential Records Act merely reflects that. I mean, I had these people saying, oh, he can't do this. Congress says otherwise with the national security. Imagine if Congress passed a law tomorrow that said, we hereby declare that if the president ex executes any of his second article duties, that is hereby a crime and goes to prison. That would be patently unconstitutional. They have no authority to limit the executive branch under Article 2. They are given zero executive enforcement powers. The unelected bureaucracy is given zero constitutional powers. They only have any powers at all because the president gave it to them. So consequently... Uh, the entire uh, charge is nonsense. The, all the alleged crimes are gibberish. They are a direct attack on constitutional government in America.
Yeah, uh, that seems like a pretty big deal. And as I said, he seemed to uh, make it pretty simple. Uh, the Constitution gives Donald Trump the power that it does not give the FBI or the CIA or General Milley or Willie, Milley, I should say, or any of those people. Um, it, it doesn't give them the power that it's uh, specifically gives to the president of the United States. So um, this is going to play out, obviously. Uh, I have no idea. I'm not, I'm not a constitutional attorney. That's why I have yeah, listen to this guy. Um, but I just thought that was a pretty good summation of one side of the story, and it just seems to make a lot of sense to me. Maybe it's wishful thinking on my part, but um, it sure seemed to sum it up pretty well. Maybe there are attorneys out there who are thinking I'm crazy for agreeing with this guy, but that's where I am right now. I don't know where you are. Um, and tomorrow, I guess we start. Well, we've already started, but how long is this going to go on? When's the when is the uh, trial? Um, how many of these charges, if any, stick? What happens if they stick? That's something we'll be talking about ad nauseum. Unfortunately, between now. And the next 15 months, November, I think it's, what is it, 15 or 16, whatever it is, months, till the election. So that's uh, that's Robert Barnes, and you can find him uh, on Twitter at uh, Barnes underscore law. And uh, he's got a huge following, as I said, like 282,000 followers on Twitter. So he's he's a pretty big deal. So and that brings me to another piece of sound that I wanted to play for you. Um, it's been a while now. We've kind of forgotten about this guy, Daniel Penny. Maybe that name uh, means something to you. Maybe it doesn't. Uh, he's the guy who was on, happened to be on the subway when uh, a lunatic went crazy and was threatening to kill people and, and just acting like a, a wild man, which is what he was. And he's the guy who choked him out and he died. And he's now been charged with manslaughter. So here's a here's a like a three minute explanation from Daniel Penny about what happened uh, that day on the subway. And just listen to this. And, and the way to, the way I looked at it is if, if I'm if I'm and you see this guy, he's a pretty impressive looking guy, former Marine. Uh, just kind of picture yourself sitting in a jury, listening to this guy. And what the chances are, and knowing what you know, and what, what what's going to come out in this case, and everything, you've seen all the, and you've seen the videos, and you've heard the testimony, and blah blah blah. And this guy is allowed to testify in his own defense, and how you would look at this guy and say, yeah, and and remember, this is the guy that Alexandria Alexandria Ocasio Cortez called a murderer. Within about 30 seconds of the video showing up, she had him down as a murderer, wanted him to be, you know, put in prison for the rest of his life. Listen to this guy. See if he comes across to you as a guy that uh, committed a murder. Take a listen. East Village in Manhattan. So I take the subway multiple times a day. In this instance, I was coming from school. I got out of class around 2.15 and I took the J Street, I was at J Street Metro Tech, took the uptown F train. Um, at 2nd Avenue, um, a man came on, stumbled on. He was, appeared to be on drugs. Um, the doors closed, and he ripped his jacket off and, violent, and threw it at the people sitting down to my left. I was listening to music at the time, um, and he was yelling, so I took my headphones out to hear what he was yelling. And the three main threats that he repeated over and over was, I'm going to kill you, I'm prepared to go to jail for life, and I'm willing to die. You know, this is a this was a scary situation, and uh, Mr. Neely came on. He was he was threatening. He's he's a, I'm six two, and he was taller than me, so it was. And there's a common misconception that Marines don't get scared. We're actually taught uh, one of our core values is courage, and courage is not the absence of fear, but how you handle fear. And you know, I was scared for myself, but I looked around. I saw women and children. He was yelling in their faces, saying saying these threats, I couldn't just sit still. Some people say that I was holding on to Mr. Ely for 15 minutes. This is not true. I mean, between stops, it's only a couple minutes. So the whole interaction lasted less than five minutes. Some people say I was trying to choke him to death, which is also not true. I was trying to restrain him. Uh, you can see in the video, there's a clear rise and fall of his chest, indicating that he's breathing. I'm trying to restrain him from him being able to carry out the threats. 
and then some people say that this was about race, which is absolutely ridiculous. I didn't see a black man threatening passengers. I saw a man threatening passengers, it's a lot of whom were people of color. The man who helped restrain Mr. Neely was, was a person of color. And then a few days after the incident, I, I read in the papers that uh, a woman of color came out and called me a hero. What, I don't believe that I'm, I'm a hero, but uh, she was one of those people that I was trying to protect. We were all scared. Mr. Neely was yelling in these passengers' faces, and they looked terrified. Um, the reason why there was no video at the start of the altercation was because people were too afraid getting away from him. And the, the, didn't, the videos didn't start until they saw that situation was under control. I knew I had to act, and I acted in a way that would protect the other passengers, protect myself, and protect Mr. Neely. I used this hole to restrain him, and I did this by leaving my hand on top of his head to control his body. You can see in the video, there's a clear rise and fall of his chest indicating that he was still breathing. And I'm calibrating my grip based on, on the force that he's exerting. And um, I just, I, I mean, I was trying to keep him on the ground as, until the police came. I was praying that the police would come and take this situation, under, uh, take this situation over. I didn't want to be put in that situation, but I couldn't just sit still and let, let him carry out these threats. Yeah, does he sound like a, a murderer to you? A guy who set out to kill somebody? Um, or somebody who just reacted and did what he thought he should do, and unfortunately it didn't work out for the guy who started the whole thing. He died. Um, so I, that was the first I've heard this guy actually explain what happened, and he did a really good job of doing it. He's very well-spoken and um, very impressive, and I don't think there's any chance on this earth that he's going to be convicted, although <laughs> it is New York. I'll be right back. Wesley is a truck driver. I drive a truck and I love what I do. A truck driver with IRS troubles. They told me I owed them $43,000. It got really bad. <laughs> Quite a few letters in the mail. They were talking uh, about wage garnishment, coming after my house, my car. Yeah, they, they don't play around. I seriously thought that I was going to lose everything. One sleepless night, Wesley finally made a call to Optima Tax Relief at 2 a.m. Kind of figured I'd get a machine, but I didn't. I actually got to talk to an actual person in the middle of the night. <laughs> he found just what he was looking for. Oh, they were great people. You need a team of people that know what they're doing. Optima Tax, they know what they're doing. Optima Tax Relief came through with flying colors. I saved an incredible amount of money. Happy don't even come close. I was absolutely overjoyed. Take Wesley's advice. If you're in any kind of trouble with the IRS, call Optima Tax Relief. Don't trust anybody else. Call Optima for a free consultation. Call 800-354-2840. 800-354-2840. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Relief factor, pain relief that's natural, pain relief that works, and pain relief that attacks the source of the pain. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. See their incredible video endorsements at ReliefFactor.com and then order your three-week quick starter pack for just $19.95. That's less than a dollar a day. Find out if it can work for you like it works for me by ordering your three-week quick starter pack today. ReliefFactor.com. ReliefFactor.com. Be the next success story. My name is Jason Hansen. I'm a former CIA officer and New York Times bestselling author. You can protect your hard-earned retirement assets with a tax-free loophole that allows you to convert your retirement into physical gold and silver. Advantage Gold is the nation's highest-rated gold company. They have the best process, pricing, and service. If you want to get your free gold and silver investment kit, please contact Advantage Gold right now. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. If you have an IRA or 401k, please listen closely. My name is Jason Hansen. I'm a former CIA officer and New York Times bestselling author. Throughout my career, let's just say I've been in some hairy situations. And I believe right now the biggest threat facing Americans is they need to protect their wealth, which is exactly what I'm doing for my wife and six kids. And I believe the ultimate safe haven is physical gold and silver. You can protect your hard-earned retirement assets with a tax-free loophole that allows you to convert your retirement into physical gold and silver. The folks I use are Advantage Gold. And believe me, I've investigated the heck out of all types of people. Advantage Gold is the nation's highest-rated gold company. 
company. They have the best process, pricing, and service. If you want to get your free gold and silver investment kit, please contact Advantage Gold right now, and you'll see how easy it is to protect yourself with precious metals. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. The John Steigerwall Show. AM 1250, The Answer. Well, I, uh, I think I was fooled by a, uh, a, a piece on National Review. I, I, I haven't seen it anywhere but here, and I just checked. And Rich Lowry is the guy who wrote it, and I think he's now saying on Twitter that it's not true. Um, but this is the story he put up there um, on the National Review website. It says, in a surprise move, the Toronto Blue Jays have called up minor league catcher Brady Deeker Shortly after the backstop became the first professional baseball player to identify as non-binary, Deeker's promotion comes after only seven games at AAA and two frustrating seasons at AA when the catcher struggled to hit, batting a collective 207. At a press conference, Blue Jays general manager Ross Atkins said, quote, The Blue Jays organization is delighted to make baseball history and be at the forefront of LGBTQ2S plus progress. Now every day can be Pride Day at the ballpark. Uh, the move was met with near-universal acclaim. The Human Rights Campaign issued a statement saying that Deeker is the Jackie Robinson of the LGBTQ community. We are proud of them. Uh, Atkins pledged to put Deeker in the starting lineup immediately, batting fourth. That should have been the, the tip-off to me that the guy hitting 207 in double-A was batting fourth. So I, I uh, they fooled me for a little while there, and I was going to make a big deal about it here. But fortunately, the story is not true, and Lowry was up on Twitter saying that, um, you know, he apparently people are, are have been fooled by this, and he clarified, and he said there's something like um, there's a chance. Here's what he – I'll tell you what he says right here. Hold on. He says, I have a little spoof over on the homepage on the Toronto Blue Jays supposedly promoting a light-hitting catcher named Brady Deeker who identifies as non-binary – some people have been fooled by it. I was for a while there, which goes to show that the trendy backstop may not exist, but it's not crazy to think that he slash they could. And I guess I get his point here. Uh, first of all, that, that a lot of people will believe this is true because we've reached the level of insanity that someone would actually read this and say, well, that, boy, that's crazy. I can't believe they're doing it. And other people would say, good, that's great. He's non-binary, and he's now going to be a catcher for the Toronto Blue Jays. So Lowry's point is, I guess, it's not true right now, but it's only a matter of time, and I think I agree with him. Here's something that I think uh, is true. It comes from uh, the post-millennial, and it's about, where else? California. California, are you ready? Moves to provide surrogates to gay male couples in the name of fertility equality. Co-author of the bill, Senator Caroline Menjivar, Democrat, of course, said the bill, quote, will ensure that queer couples no longer have to pay more out of pocket to start families than non-queer families. Okay? Uh, California Bill SB 729 seeks to redefine, quote, unquote, infertility to be a status as opposed to a medical condition. It's just just never going to end. And it's California. Changing changing the definition to a person's inability to reproduce reproduce either as an individual or with their partner without medical intervention, unquote, would classify gay men as infertile. The bill, which passed the Senate last month, would require and require, require. This This is the government telling an insurance company who and who they cannot insure. The bill, which passed the Senate last month, would require insurance companies to cover in vitro fertilization procedures. With the change in definition, this would also include forcing the firms to cover surrogacy for gay males. How does the government go to an insurance company and force it to do anything in a free country? What do you mean they force the insurance company? Go to another insurance company. Maybe you can find one who will pay for that. Uh, it, it's first of all, uh, an insurance company paying. I, I thought insurance was protecting you against risk. What does insurance have to do with fertility anyway? Why is it? Why does your? Why does it cover that? 
Co-author of the bill, Senator Caroline, what's her name, said the bill will ensure that queer couples no longer have to pay more out of pocket. This bill is critical to achieving full-lived equality for LGBTQ plus people, as well as advancing well-rounded and comprehensive health care for all Californians. An organization called Men Having Babies boasted that the bill will, quote, remove financial barriers for gay men who wish to rent a woman's womb to have a child who has the DNA of one of the males in the relationship. Central to our fight for more equitable access to parenting options is what we know from our combined experiences, the anguish and yearning that same-sex couples and singles feel due to their inability to reproduce without medical intervention is equal to the anguish of heterosexual couples, couples who suffer from medical infertility. So uh, this opposition to this bill comes from California business and insurance groups who claim that it will raise, already insurance premiums by more than $330 million a year. Others point to the erosion of the traditional family structure. So uh, it says here, under the, this bill, most insurance plans would be required to provide in vitro fertilization services based on someone's relationship status or sexual orientation. For single men or same, male same-sex couples, this means they would need to access a surrogate to carry their child. So if you live in California, your insurance rates are going up because the government is in, in, uh, is enforcing and insisting that your insurance company pays for two gay men to have a baby. I'll talk to you tomorrow. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of Salem Media Group and sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the Yellow Van. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs>